What is going on? This is Michael Hacker with the Hacker Outdoors podcast. Today I'm joined by Brian Hacker to speak about springtime camping and Brian recounts one of his favorite, albeit most frustrating childhood camping stories. It's a good one and is definitely one of my favorites as well. If you can't tell by now, we both love camping and can say that it has helped make us into the outdoorsmen we are today. So we hope you enjoy and without further ado, we'll jump right in. So this is this will be the B-roll. So I mean, basically, we can guarantee Joe will not join us today because we are not talking about fishing. Um, we we put together a little list of things that we're going to talk about in the upcoming episodes, if you will. And today we were talking about what are we doing? Are we doing summertime travel? We're we talking about spring camping. I thought we were talking about spring camping today. I did too, but I think uh, the invite we have here is the uh, labeled summertime travel. We can jump in both, but I, I, got, say, I say we do spring camping because I, yeah, I agree. I agree because I got an uh, so the alert on my phone says spring camping, but for some reason the Zoom meeting says summertime travel. So I'm all sorts of fucked. Um, I like the spring camping idea, and that would be why Joe's not joining us. Although he's, I think he's camping. I might might be wrong there, um, <clears throat> but. <laughs> you reminded me, you know, of course, this past weekend was Mother's Day. Um, you reminded me of the bacon story, mm. bacon story. And uh, <laughs> I was I was laughing about it. And, I, you know, this was before, you know, we chose the topic before we obviously you brought that up. And I was kind of cracking up. And I was like, oh, my God, that is a great camping story. Um, <clears throat> we've been camping for. Geez, what? our entire freaking lives i was born because of a camping trip <laughs> literally it's a, it's a, you know Do that you for this? sure no i yeah, don't because remember. so they 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 had a camper our parents they went camping and with all the kids in the camper and, and obviously i was I was you know my mom mom was uh, our mother was uh pretty close i think i think she was like you know really close at that point so I'm, I'm an October person. Um, I won't say exactly for, for listeners, but um, the uh, I think what happened was she had like a, a you know, like whatever they call it, like a, a, a false, uh, you know, a false go time, whatever you want to call it. False so they, they, they had to load all four kids somehow into the van and wherever they were, I think they were camping in Pennsylvania and drive to the nearest hospital because it was like, you know, they thought it was time. And uh, that specific time wasn't time, but the, you know, in my head, I always joke, I say that, you know, I, I was, I became because of camping, you, you know, I, almost camping time. I do remember this. I, I yeah. don't remember where we were. Um, we used to camp all over the freaking place, but I do recall that. And I do remember the day you were born, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I digress. So bacon story. All right. Bacon. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about bacon story and then let's talk about springtime camping. Um, so we've been camping typically, I would say, at least a week of summer. Right. Um, yeah. We would go, go at least at least one four day weekend of summer since we were little. Since, you know, since as long as I can remember. That was our vacation. We didn't have any other vacations every year. So yeah, we were no camping. Yeah. 
in the in the wilds of New Jersey, which is, um, you know, fun. Um, it definitely made us who we are. And I, you know, I've been trying to blog, and I, you know, we have that blog that we have, and I started writing like six different stories on there, or essays, whatever you want to call them, and and one of them was about how us camping and being introduced to the outdoor world at a young age has created us to who we are. But particularly, I mean, I'm going to name drop it because it's pretty popular. We would go to Swartzwood State Park here in New Jersey, which is up in Sussex County. And that's where we would spend the majority of our time um, in the summertime. And, you know, this was, I I mean, every time from the, I was 10 to God knows what what age, right? Um, we're talking. We're going this summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, there, there goes Joe texting us. He's in Myrtle Beach, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so we would go to Swartzwood State Park, and Swartzwood State Park wound up being this place that everyone that we knew through families would come and we would have multiple campsites. Um, There were maybe like four or five families at some point, right. That would show up and we would bring a friend or you would bring a friend or, you know, our sisters would bring friends or whatever. So it turned into this massive freaking event, which was, Mm -hmm. which was cool. Right. So Um, now one thing that you never want to do when you're on a camping trip with me, with you, with most men, we'll say, is you never want to drop the freaking bacon, right? That is a never. ritual. Now, as we're yeah. older, it's, it's coffee and bacon, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't forget the coffee, don't spill the coffee, and definitely don't drop the bacon or don't eat all the bacon before everyone gets a piece. So we were teenagers at the point, right? And really into bacon. I believe there was an FHM article at some point, uh, might have been Men's Health, talking about how every man should eat a pound of bacon a month or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And I took that quite literally. I said, you know, this is the diet that I need in my life. I need a pound of bacon a month and we're out there camping. You're tired in the morning. What do you want? You want you wake up in the morning. You want something fatty. You want some eggs. You want some bacon. And we're there with a group of people. And, you know, we all took turns camp, uh, you know, tending to the campfire and cooking and, uh, I'll let you take it from there because you're you're dying to tell the story since you brought it up the other day. Yeah, so uh, one of our family friends, their daughter brought her friend who's never camped before, and <laughs> I, we I think like when everyone wakes up in the morning when you're camping, and let's say like once again, I'll I'll, I'll actually clear this up for everyone. This this campsite's a you know a drive up camp, so basically you, you pull your car up park in front of you where the fire pit is and you know and you set your tent up on on that rented site and and that's that's your spot so generally every when you go with a group of people everyone kind of rents the same sites that are around each other so we had one central campsite which is probably ours at the time and uh so everyone would wake up all our chairs around our campfire ring which we expanded so it was nice and big and uh us boys we would cook our breakfast on the on the open fire because you know it was just something we did you know men's health magazine i'm sure had something to do with their outside magazine and uh one of the things we were cooking that morning was uh was baking on the campfire and, Wait, let's uh, let's, clar- let's clarify that for a moment every morning yeah. we were cooking bacon 
every so this, single morning. This fateful morning, we were again cooking bacon. Cooking bacon. Mind you, I, at the time, I think I was in middle school, maybe. And uh, Michael was in high school, and he would you know, just clear up the whole process here. From s- the school year, let's say wintertime, all the way through now it's summertime, at least once a week, he would come home with a giant slab of bacon. So like uncut giant slab of bacon. And this is something he would go to a butcher and get a slab of bacon and come home and cut himself giant pieces and make bacon every morning. So this is a ritual now for for my brother. And I just rep, you know, I I reaped the, uh, the benefits of it as, as a young, uh, as a young man of daily bacon intake. So me, my brother, my best friend, um, I think one of your friends was there too, Mike. Uh, no, it was just us three. No, it was just us three. Us three. Amigos. Oh yes, I do remember now. Yep, it was just us three amigos, and um, we are the first up. We made our fire. You know, me, me, and Mikey. We loved building our campfires. We were, you know, Boy Scouts at the time. <laughs> no, yeah, let's. You're you're pyromaniacs. That had pyromaniacs. nothing to do with being Boy Scouts at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, one one of the two of us was, and I'm not going to say it's me. Um, so we were. Uh, we would wake up, make the fires the campfire people would come mosey on out and sit by the fire while we do our thing and you know tend the fire and cook breakfast over the fire mind you the mothers in the situation were making real breakfast over at the uh at the actual camp stoves and uh so so there, that was the better option for people that were there but um my friend's sister brought her friend who wasn't a camping type of person and she uh when they woke up, they smelled bacon and, and we told them to watch it for a few minutes. And uh, I think I forgot what we did. We might have went to get like cereal or something from, a, from the car. And when we came back, she was trying to carry the frying pan full of bacon. Mind you, there's probably a pound of bacon in there to the kitchen table. So that way they can serve it to everybody, which would make sense. But two steps into the walk over to the table proceeds to trip over who knows what there's nothing there it was just open ground and through the pan full of a pound of bacon clear up bacon in the air grease everything goes everywhere oh um and there was tears of sorrow from my brother um it may not have just been tears there may have been some expletives thrown around oh um, yeah. it was there was definitely uh some some but yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> we ne- we never let anybody live it down, and, and we always joke now. Every time we talk about camping, is uh, the inside joke with our families is don't drop bacon, especially no if Michael what. and Brian are around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, well, you know, we we can go a little bit deeper on that conversation or story as well. Um, you know, this is probably day two or day three of our um, you know yearly trip out into the woods. And, you know, I think it was day two, we were out hiking and the same set of girls on the trip almost got us killed. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, very bearish area up there. It's, um, I don't know what it is. Growing up where we grew up, we didn't see bears. Um, Going up there every year, you saw at least a bear or you heard him in the middle of the night brushing up against your tent and huffing and puffing away. Um, I, we were hiking in and we were, we were going to the lake, probably the peninsula. 
Yeah, we were taking a, a one of my there, shortcuts. There's a little yeah, there's a little trail that leads you from where the campsites are to the to this peninsula that's out on the other side of the lake. The, to be honest, like we always go there for fishing, but I think I've caught one fish there in the 20 years we've ever gone there. Every, every other fish, fish. I, yeah, every other fish I caught was from from the other area. Um, we're out on a boat, right? Um, but it was early morning, right? It was in the afternoon. It was early morning. It was early, yeah. We were yeah. we were cutting through to go to the peninsula, mm-hmm. and there was a little game trail, I guess, is what we were walking on, and yeah. Um, we we've always been pretty good. And I think with you and Mike having been boy scouts, we, you knew what to do in certain situations and we would always kind of coach the, you know, the younger groups, younger people in the group, and even our, our mothers for that matter on what to do. If you came across a rattlesnake, because you did hear them up there, you never, I've mm-hmm. never seen one up there. Um, but bears, because we ran into them all the time. And then yeah. other illicit creatures that, you know, were playing in the night over there. But that's a story for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we coached them on exactly what to do, right? You see a yeah. mama bear with with cubs. What do you do? You stop dead in your tracks. You make sure that you're not between you and the and the cub. And mm-hmm. I mean, the mom and the cub. And you stand there and you kind of try and make yourself look big. You do not run, right? Yeah. You, you kind of f- figure your footing first and slowly back away. That's so we're, we're on this game trail and, you know, we're kind of coming to this kind of clearing between this thick area of the game trail and um, look up to my left because I'm in the front and I see a giant mama bear, um, <laughs> giant mama bear. And maybe to my right, right out of the thickness of the bush, there was a tiny little cub. To the right of that tiny little cub was another cub to that. Three tiny little cubs in a row stop maybe five feet from me. Mama's maybe six feet in the other direction to my left going up the hill. And every single creature is staring at me. And I throw my hands up and for, you know, this is just audio. I throw my hands up kind of like guys stop behind me, you know, Mm -hmm. like, hold on. Like no one made a word, Brian, Mike, my right and left. Everyone just kind of like got their mouth ajar and the girls are like scared to death. And we're with, one of our sisters, Mike's two sisters, and then the friends, two girls. So that's a pretty large group of people. Yeah. So I said, guys, do not run. Do not run. I see the three cubs. Do not go forward. Let's back up slowly and walk back. Right? Just slowly move away. All good. Do not scare the mama bear. Just we'll continue to talk very low like this, non-threatening. So she knows that we're here and I turn around a little bit, you know, turn the head a little bit over my shoulder and the girls are gone. Like Jesse Owens gone. Like I've never seen them run so fast and they're in flip flops probably. Mm -hmm. Right. If I remember correctly, gone. And the mama bear stands clear up on her rear hind legs. Yeah. She was tall. It's a big freaking bear. I actually think about that a lot because that, you know, Black bears, you generally aren't that big, and that was a, that was a big one. And I like to think that it's because we were smaller or younger, right? So everything yeah. seems bigger. But it was freaking scary for about two seconds while this mama bear stared at us, and yeah. she like snarled or made some sort of noise. And the three cubs come up the game trail right in front of us as we we're slowly walking backwards, trying not to mm-hmm. take her eye off of what was going on, and. 
we get back to camp and the girls are like terrified. Our mothers are like holding them and it's just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's like, you literally almost just got us all to demolished by a mama bear. Like, please do not ever do that again. And I'm never taking you hiking again. <laughs> like, this is it. Like, we're done. Um, and then the next day they dropped our bacon. So uh, never camped with them again. I, I think uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Mike's sister said to us that she was so embarrassed even years later. She said, oh, remember that time I dropped the bacon? I'm like, well, mm-hmm. at least you remembered you dropped the bacon and not the fact that you almost got us killed. So yeah. two strikes, you're out. You're not coming camping with me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but do you, as far as the seasons go, what is your favorite season for hiking? Hiking? Uh, I'm sorry, for camping. Camping. Me, personally, my favorite season is the fall. Um, when I was now, but when I was, when I was, uh, you know, as a young lad, I would uh, really enjoy the, the spring trips. Uh, yeah. You know, and pe- people that don't know how it works, but when, um, when you're a Boy Scout, generally what they do is um, they'll do a camping trip per se- uh, per month. So one trip every month, they pick out one weekend and you would go. So basically you'd get, you know, you'd get a one or two camp trips every season. And then they usually take the summer off because you go to summer camp. Um, so as a, as a young kid, we, you know, me and Mike and, you know, my friend Pete, we, we were camping, you know, at least let's say 12 weekends a year. And we were part of yeah. like a different group too, who, who would go on more, you know, what they call more advanced trips where you do full, like, you know, like hike in, hike out type trips, winter camping, and, you know, going up in uh, like snow capped mountains and, and pitching without tents and making your own shelter and that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I think now I enjoy the fall the best because I like, uh, I like, you know, I don't like being too hot when I hike in, if I'm hiking Agreed. in. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't, you know, worse. Exactly. I don't mind, you know, having a zero degree sleeping bag and sleeping that at overnight and then warming up in the morning by a fire. You know, when, when you're hot, you can't take more clothes off. Yeah. At a certain point, you know, so and you shouldn't be hiking in shorts anyway in the first place in the woods. So well, um, not, not that that stops us, but, you know, no, you shouldn't not. be right. Um, no, I agree with you there. And when we talk about that, it's yeah, wear pants loose, like obviously light pants, depending upon the season you're in. Um, yeah. But I'd agree now, with you, man. I think fall is the absolute best. Uh, you know, springtime though, it it you kind of get a little bit of both worlds, right? Um, yeah. Which is nice because it's, it's starting to warm up. Fishing's still good, depending upon where you are, um, or starting to light up again, and you kind of get some good weather. I mean, you can still get good weather in the in the fall, but um, you get some pretty gnarly weather from time to time. Yeah, it's so like a hurricane season. So in spring, you like I, you know, you might get rain, but you're not getting like, uh, you know, torrential downpours like you would uh, in, the, in the fall or snow in the winter. Um, right. I, I'm a. When I was younger, I was I was a big fan of this, the spring trips, and I remember where they would go certain certain weekends, um, not Adirondack specifically, in, uh, in the spring, and it was it was great, you know. Um, Nowadays, you know, it's a little busier in spring, but it's kind of how it works everywhere. But um, I think if, if, if you were new to camping, spring would be the best time to go, unless you're doing drive up. Because if you're doing a drive up camp, then it doesn't matter. summertime. 
yeah, summer, summer's the best, you know, because like, then you get to wear shorts next to the fire at night and maybe put a sweatshirt on and you're good. Yeah. But um, I'm talking like a through camp where you hike in, hike out. That's, uh, that's springtime stuff. Good times. Yeah. I, I think that that's, well, surprise, surprise. We, we agree with, with that's something outdoors. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you right there. That's um, the name of my game. Um, so I'm going hiking, um, hiking, camping, boating, fishing next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm headed out and I'm going to be enjoying the wilds of upstate New York. Um, you know, I, we used to camp a heck of a lot more, I'd say in our twenties, yeah. um, where we would try and do two camping trips a year, not including the camping trip with the family. Um, so in the hierarchy of, of, you know, camping, you have hiking, like Brian said, you have pull up uh, car camping, which is always fun uh, to do, right? You have tons of options when you do something like that. You have camper camping, you have yurt camping, you have cabin camping, you have uh, through hike camping, like there's all sorts of cool stuff that you can do. Um, but we're doing boat to island camping again um for those of you who follow us on youtube you probably saw my video from last year to get a flag so you may not be able to see it because i was using some some audio apparently that you're not supposed to use but that's all right it's still there if you go on my channel you could probably see it i think uh frank said he saw it somewhat recently he wanted to look at his cliff diving (laughs) uh so um you know, I, I think it's a great season to get into camping. Um, like you said, I think summertime, I, I don't know, man, it's just something about getting in that tent when it's hot and it's humid and it's just like stagnant air and mm-hmm. there's no getting cool. And, no. you know, we used to go in August and it was just unbearable. I mean, the, you, cause you're not, sho- you're not showering. I mean, we, you know, you, a lot of these state campsites, they have showers, but like, you're not really showering. I mean, you're not ever really getting clean cause you're walking back to your, you're walking back or hiking back to where your campsite is and you're getting dirty again in about 10 minutes and sweaty yeah. again. So I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, I always, I always laugh. Uh, we have a friend who, when he would go on vacation, when we were younger, we would go camping or hiking or you know, combination of all the above road trips. He said, I'm not changing my, he's like, I'm not changing my clothes the entire time and I'm not brushing my teeth the entire time. (laughs) And you're like, that's disgusting. But then it's like, but I kind of get it. (laughs) Like (laughs) you can't get the grime off you. Like I, you know, we drove cross country and it didn't matter how much you showered or, you know, put deodorant on or, you know, you know, put cologne on or whatever like in five minutes you are going to be disgusting again yeah like there's no no escaping it it was like a brief reprieve and and make you feel good um so you are going camping this summer yeah you are yeah Mm -hmm. holding you to that that's on that's on record here ladies and gentlemen um i don't know if i'm going to be able to go I, that's uh, kind of up in the air. Um, I would like to go. Uh, I do have a buddy of mine. He wants to do a through hike and uh, he wants to camp a little bit doing that, but I don't want to do that in summertime. Yeah. I, I specifically when said, I, I no, 
We're is good. this a new hiker, a new camper? <clears throat> no, he's he's good. He's he helps volunteer with like Boy Scouts oh, and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, but I was yeah, like, because when I when I took newbies, uh, Neil, who's on our our podcast in an earlier episode, it was uh, I think it was the first week. Oh no, I'm sorry, the third week in June, and we went up to to the Catskills, and uh, I think it was a perfect time because you know up there it's still cool enough that time of year where um where you weren't uncomfortable like i don't think anybody was sweaty to the point where you know you were uh you know you were struggling um it was just uh i think we did 20 miles in two days and uh big big old loop I think that's, you know, when we talk about this uh, Atlantic Flyway, right, as you get more north and you go up in elevation, the temperatures really kind of remain consistent for a while, right? Um, I mean, but you look, we were up in Maine. That was August Mm -hmm. uh, a couple years ago. And I mean, that was like winter coat weather at night. Like that was like, that was cold. But I mean, you're in New England, but the Adirondacks are no different. I mean, you are high up in elevation. You are tucked away in the mountains there. And, you know, it may be nice during the day, but I I can guarantee you when I'm up there next week, it is going to be freaking cold at night. I'm bringing my winter coat because I learned my lesson last time. I mean, I was fine because I had my emergency blankets that kept me, kept me warm (laughs) at night, but the other guys had to, had to run out and go get um, propane tanks to heat their tents up. I mean, they, luckily, you take a boat to a car to Walmart, and you're good to go. It's not a little bit different mm-hmm. if you're hiking in, but um, you know, I think preparedness—that's a another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit. Was you know, I'm preparing to go up there, and you know, my goal is to um, catch and cook uh, lake trout or lake salmon. Um, but you know, when I'm when I'm up there, it's for me relaxing just to sit out there and, and enjoy. The, enjoy the water. Right. Um, and if I, that means I have a pole in my hand, that's fantastic. Um, but I was thinking about like what it was that I would be bringing with me this time compared to when we went up in the fall. Um, not, not talking fishing stuff because it's a, that's all another discussion. Uh, we can get into it another time, but, um, as far as gear goes and you, I always think of you when we start to talk about gear and, you know, remembering things and forgetting things. And, um, you know, I always bust your chops a little bit about, you know, you time you forgot some, <laughs> some of your uh, much needed cold weather gear, but it, it happens. And I was talking to the guys uh, that we're going on the trip with. And I said, you know, we brought entirely way too much food last time. Obviously last time, you know, the guys were not prepared as far as cold weather stuff goes. Right. Um, so no one had more than I think a sweatshirt, whereas I had a shell, I had fleeces, I had, you know, I, I bundles basically. I, I mean, I didn't overpack. I brought a, a fleece and, a, and just my shell on top of that is a winter coat in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. I brought a winter hat. I brought gloves. Um, this time I'm going to bring, uh, a winter face mask, right? It'd be good. It'll double when I'm going in town and I have to go into a restaurant or whatnot because, um, or, you know, picking up stuff because you got to still cover your face in upstate New York, um, as you do here in New Jersey. Um, but it, it, we were going through the list and I said, guys, you know, make sure that 
you are prepped appropriately, right? Let's talk about food. Let's t let's talk about you know what kind of other gear we need, right? We, um, something is small as just a, a pair of gloves that you can use to do stuff on the fire with, right? Um, you know, we were lucky. We both. I always bring a pair of leather gloves that I use. Um, they'll be my mitts, and you know, help me you know, stoke the fire, help move uh, the pans off of it. But I said, let's create a list to really determine what it is that we need as far as food goes. We'll make a list as far as like um, group hardware, we'll call it. Um, so that'll be everything from an ax to, you know, the handsaw to, you know, matches to light the fire. Although the one kid's got a torch, so we'll probably just wind up using that. Um, you know, I always bring emergency blankets with me no matter where it is I go. Um, and they really saved my butt last time I was up there, right? Kept me nice mm -hmm. and toasty at night sleeping. Um, but what are your thoughts on tents and sleeping bags? So I, I know growing up, we always wanted the best of the best. Um, I always wanted a North Face sleeping bag and a North Face tent. Of course, that's kind of changed nowadays. Um, but we were talking, the guys wanted to get a zero degree sleeping bag and i said i've never had a zero degree sleeping bag in my entire life and we've camped in all four seasons um what are your thoughts on that um so being someone that's actually been in a situation where you need a zero degree i do see the value um but you know me as a you know as a I guess it was a pretty team when I got it. So it's about time for everyone. But um, we did a, a trip. Actually, we did a few trips where basically we went shelterless in the middle of winter in the mountains in snow and you have to build your own shelter and, you know, basically sleep in the elements. There's no insulation at that point. So you're creating your own insulation, um, you know, whatever your shelter is. Tents actually insulate more than people would think. Um, you know, when you wake up and it's frosty in there, it's still, it's still in the fifties, you know, if it's 30 right. degrees outside, right. um, or lower, uh, just by the way, the, you know, it conserves heat because you breathe in and out and, you know, whoever you're in the tent, say it's multi-person, it's, it, it does heat the space a little bit. And if you choose to, let's say you do the, uh, the tea, tea light candlelight thing inside your tent, which I don't recommend laying fire in your tent, you're not experienced, but, um, there's, there's ways to heat your tent and your space will heat enough where you're you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be in trouble from exposure or die from exposure. Um, but I, I think from my experience, zero degree tent, I mean, zero degree uh, sleeping bags, they tend to be heavier, bigger, um, take more space. So if, if you're doing a, a pack in, pack out type deal, uh, hike in, hike out, if you want to call it that, um, it's, it's just a, it's a lot heavier than, than other stuff. Um, you know, you, you can, you can get like a, let's say like a, they rate them. I think there's 30 to 40, 32. Yeah. 32. All, I think is. And then do 15 and all the way down. Let's say if you do a 32 degree, but you have those, those, uh, you know, life-saving blankets, your foil blankets, space blankets, you could get two or three of those, put them in the sleeping bag with you. And guess what? You have a below zero degree, uh, sleeping bag now. And it saved you how much, you know, how much weight, so, uh, you know, I, I think it's all in the eyes of the holder. It's like people wearing uh, wetsuits, you know, I'm a surfer. So, you know, you might have one guy that's wearing a five mil, like last West surf uh, last week. One guy, you know, you see guys out in the lineup with five mil wetsuits, seven mil boots and gloves, 
and a hood on. And then, you know, you have me on out there that I have three mil with, uh, with just a, a vest and hood and three mil boots and gloves. And I was, I was fine. I was still sweating. Actually, I should have taken everything off, but, um, it's, it's all personal preference. Um, but I, I do think you people can make do with a little less than what they think they need. And that's, that's something that goes with all outdoor activities. Yeah. Um, I, that's a, I, I love that. Um, it's really interesting to me. I, I have a guy that I'm friends with and he, former uh, military guy and he likes to push himself to a certain degree where he does things that like you know let's see how cold i can get on a camping trip without getting exposure or hypothermia which i do not do not advocating this at all for anyone who's listening you know you know if you are a trained professional and people know where you are like when when i go places even if i'm hiking alone fishing alone everybody knows where I am. Like I was fishing by myself and Brian goes, Hey, send me your location to let me know where you are. Right. Like just in case, cause you never do know. Right. I, you know, bump my head, right. God forbid I could bump my head on something and, and do yeah. Knock myself out. And, you know, yeah. no one can find me. If you don't know where I am. My wife always knows where I am too, but um, you can do these trips and you can do it with, minimal equipment right like i'm looking right now i'm on rei's website um there's this tent that i I love it's north phase ve 25 tent with footprint 750 dollars. now this is a four season tent and it's rated like this is one that you would take to the himalayas right you could climb um, mount everest or whatever and i always love saying himalayas because it reminds me of that movie with uh what was it? Uh, Brad Pitt. Um, Brad Pitt. What was it called? Ah, I forget. It'll come to me. Uh, oh, seven years in Tibet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Himalayas. So it's freaking awesome. But I use a three season tent. I could use that year round. It's just, you know, not going to do as well as it should. Um, mm-hmm. Again, uh, we're not going to the Himalayas. We're not, you know, climbing, you know, mountains here on the East Coast in the middle of winter. Um, you know, we're not doing this professionally. We do this for fun. So we could be like one of our friends and have a palace, which is like a literally a 12 person tent that you bring camping just for yourself. So you could set up a table in there and everything else that you want, but we don't do that either. I have a two person tent and that's, you know, it's a three season and that's what I use regardless of when I go camping. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I digress. That's, uh, the palace. There was, uh, he retired the palace. So that's it, was time. it was, it was time. He said that, uh, we have a, like I said, a buddy has this massive tent and he, it was, <laughs> it had to have been like 15 years old. And I guess his, it was in his mother's basement well, because he lives uh, in an apartment and she got a little bit of water down there. So it got mold damage and he just was like, it's time. I'm going to buy a new one. Yeah. So in the fall, I, I got to got to see Palace version 2.0, uh, a little bit smaller. Let's say it was a, I think it was a five or six person tent. So not nearly the Palace that it once was. It was the, we'll say it was a shack compared to the Palace, but um, <laughs> comfort is always a thing. Um, <laughs> the older we get, I was, I was toying with the thought of getting a cot for this type of camping, right? And sleeping on the cot and, Mm-hmm. kind of being elevated but i just i can't do it i don't know i 
I have those. Uh, I have a uh, salvin plate. Um, like I guess you call it blow up mattress. It's, it's a it's a mat that stays on the ground. I think it's about a Kelty brand. Um, and I I think it works great. You know, and it packs up real tight. Um, but uh, I have no problem using that. If we go car camping, then I I bring the I bring the um the blow full full blown blow up mattress, and uh, it makes a world of difference. Really? Um, yeah, I don't remember. That, I measured it to make sure it fits perfectly in my tent, and I, I've actually, you know, worth mentioning is, is my my tent. People, people we camp with always always make comments about it because it is an extremely good tent. I forget which which model it's, but it's an old Kelty tent from when Kelty was really good. Um, well, ago. I have. We have the same exact tent, I think. Do we? I, maybe. Or you I have the one with the blue the blue um. The blue holder, not the yes. green one. Okay, no, the not the green one. Um, but this one, it's I set it up in like by myself in the dark, and it blows people away because it's, it's just so simple. You you snap it in two places, and you snap it in four places, and it's set, fully set up. And uh, I've used it in all seasons; it just works great. But I measured the footprint of it, and I, I fit my uh, my full blown air mattress perfectly in there. Nothing else fits in there other than that, but. <laughs> Uh, but you put your shoes in there and that's pretty much it. But uh, it's perfect for a queen size mattress somehow. And it just sleeps too. I did not know this. And I, it's been that long since we shared a tent. Although the last time we shared a tent, we were up in New Hampshire for one of the guys' camping trips. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we took one of those small, I think it was a two-person tent. It was mm-hmm. entirely way too close for comfort. I mean, it's a two-person tent. I'm over I'm like six foot two. It's not like my, sometimes my feet are touching the wall, right? Like I don't move much when I sleep, but that's Mm -hmm. like my feet are touching the wall or my head's just so slightly off of the wall up up, above my head. Um, So last time we went camping with the family, I did not make my way into your tent. So I had no idea you had an inflatable mattress. That's good. I'm going to start calling you weak, but intelligent. Um, (laughs) You know, humanity is advanced enough to take full advantage of our engineering feats. And in this case, our engineering feat is a nice, comfortable blow up mattress (laughs) that weighs like 10 pounds. (laughs) Oh man. Um, Yeah. Tents are great. You know, there's certain things you should invest in. And I I always say like, to, to be honest, you can get a, pretty decent tent from a big box uh you know cheaply from a big box store but if you go to a a uh you know an actual camping store and you get one of the low-end tents you know let's say a, a two-person or i think they call it three-person now the one that's kind of in between not quite a four-person um you, you don't have to spend a ton of money and you're going to get a really good tent and uh but that's that's something you you should spend money on and if you have a, a family get get a full-on you know sleep vibes people tent and then when you go camping bring a bunch of blankets put it all across the bottom floor and that's what you guys are sleeping on it's it's perfect yeah agreed agreed um this time of year though i you know for the type of camping that that we do even car camping i i definitely would recommend bringing the sleeping bags and i actually saw uh i think it was outside magazine sent um, an email yesterday i'm still on their mailing list from all those years ago when i used to subscribe to their magazine and um they were talking about uh, camping equipment, and one of the camping equipment was the um, was a sleeping bag made for two people. Mm. Um, and 
Yeah, that made me think of uh, I think it was Boy Meets World back when we were kids and the, the brother or something like that. He was in love with this girl and they were on a car trip and they got stuck in the you know on the road during a snowstorm or ice storm and he like he fell asleep and he woke up and she like was you know they were holding each other or whatever because they were trying to keep warm right conserve energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always laugh about that uh, episode and thinking that you know in a really cold night like if you couldn't have a person next to you you'd want your dog next to you right that's oh, why that's why those uh camp those uh stoves right the pellet stoves or even the wood burning mm-hmm. stoves they call them uh, how many dog stoves are they right i think something like that so it's like a six dog stove because it's as warm as six dogs or something like that <laughs> it's like it's like yeah man oh there was no more warm feeling than sleeping next to a big hairy dog right keeping you warm because they just burn hot and -hmm. if you don't have a big hairy dog next to you brian will do just fine absolutely (laughs) another man that burns incredibly hot only time i (laughs) wake up in the middle of the night and like cold night camping and you're like sweating you're like what the heck man you like touch brian it's like he's like 110 degrees what the hell's going on here uh so funny i'm the person like if you get in a car a small car during, during the winter, even if it's like not even that cold out, let's say in the, in the 30s, the car will will steam up. Like the window will fog up. Not not because the car is, you know, the heater or something like that's fogging up because I produce so much heat. A <laughs> hundred freaking percent. Yeah, yeah, like funny. going snowboarding. Like oh, yeah. when, when you go and hop in the car afterwards, you know, you're all steamy and sweaty because mm-hmm. you've got layers and you're unlayering. Like your car may steam up when you when you're done with that. But your car would be steaming up on your way up to go snowboarding if you're yes. riding a car with Brian. That's mm-hmm. that's how it works. Because that's yeah, freaking wild, man. But uh, I can't wait to freaking go camping. I you know yeah. I gotta be honest. It's uh, there's something about that, and I know you start to get itchy when you don't go when you don't yeah. go surfing, right? And you don't get in the water. But I think you also get itchy just like me when you don't go camping for so long. Like it's mm-hmm. something primal, something about. Kind of, I don't just want to say disconnecting because you're not totally disconnected, but like just being in tune with everything around you, right? And just the yeah. world and kind of not waiting for the next thing, but rather just watching everything around you, right? Not yeah, waiting for that best. phone to ring, not waiting for, you know, a certain time off. of the day to eat, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're just enjoying life. Um, best news, though, is, is I did get my GoPro. Awesome. Um, Game time. Um, it's game time boys and girls uh went with the hero nine so i'm hero nine black uh super stoked um a lot of features on it i had no idea even came with it anymore i'm still thinking of yours i think you had the what was a hero three or something like that Mm -hmm. um so voice controls so you can actually turn it on with your voice which is freaking awesome because i thought you had to go and buy the remote for it but you don't need a remote because you just use your voice yeah. And it works fantastically. I've been testing it in my house today. It's great. Um, and the quality is unbelievable. Um, so I'm, I'm a little stoked to see what happens and hopefully uh, get some cool footage of not only fishing, but some other shenanigans up there, right? Got the kayaks Definitely. ready to go. Um, yeah. And uh, awesome. we'll miss you up there this year. Got to get yeah. you up to Lake George one of these days. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's one of my actually going back to spring camping trips we used to do every year was uh with scouts was uh they would rent us uh we would rent kayaks or or uh, canoes we always choose kayaks more uh, freedom with it 
and we would do what you're doing on the on the on the boat, on the, you know, motorized boat. So you would just we'd have to kayak to whatever uninhabited island that they deemed our campsite for that weekend, and we'd uh, as a troop kind of set up camp and do our own thing. But the cool part about that was basically you had whatever was on your kayak as your camping gear. Yeah. That's so cool. only, only what you fit. So you're, you know, they usually broke you up in like a uh, little, they call them packs, I think at the time. Um, but your, your little group, you each would split who would take what, and then you, you know, let's say food, tents, whatever. And uh, in your kayak. And then when you got there, you would, you know, set up and kind of pull your resources. So it's a yeah. great trip. I would love to kind of digress in a little bit here and go over because I don't I don't care right this is our show we do what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of the Algonquin in um, in Maine, mm-hmm. and one of the trips that I would love to do is a canoe trip up there where you're canoeing, fishing, and camping all along there because there are some beautiful beautiful brook trout streams up there. Even I guess the Algonquin is known for their brook trout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that there would be nothing cooler than like before you, before I get too old, right? Like you got to portage the canoe a little bit. Like I, I don't want to be too old out there and kind of doing it. But obviously, you need to be with someone who can kind of carry their own weight and mm-hmm. and assist on the on the trip itself. Um, I want to do that. My neighbor was talking about doing literally the same thing on the Delaware, so he gave me a book on the Delaware River. Um, along with all the runs and everything like that, and all the way from um, basically the west branch of the De- west west branch of the Delaware, all the way down to the Trenton area. So it's some great map um, and a great kind of write up of that. So he's going to use that and use it as a camping guide. Him and his his friend are going to canoe down. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, I'd, uh, but I'm going to shoot for the Alicantin. Awesome. And maybe maybe one day you'll you'll be able to join me. Maybe. I'll definitely go on that one. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> Got some brookies, baby. I like it. Well, Brian, let's wrap it up, Mikey, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you for joining us this evening. This will be airing tomorrow on Thursday, May 13th. Always a pleasure. And Brian, thank you, sir. Always uh, it's good catching up with you, man. You too. You too, nice Mike. To Always good to nice, talk outdoors today. Nice to see your fascia without the mask on. Yeah, it's a lot better. I had to trim the beard down a little bit, but could tell That's looks fine. good looks good thanks looking good you're looking good i turned mine too yeah i could tell looks good too you know kind of gotta look professional look professionals mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. all right well i'm gonna say good night to everyone thank you all right so that was a hacker outdoors podcast with michael hacker and brian hacker if you like what you heard please give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to or watching this on. And please check the show notes for some links about the topics we discussed today. I thank you all for listening and I hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk next week. Thank you.